Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. Day 34 of the social media fast happening right now. Did you survive the big polar vortex? Are you warm? Are you clothed? Do you have a blanket on? <laughs> it was 60-something today in San Diego. But boy, man, negative 51 in Minneapolis? I don't think so. I'm out. I'm out. Hey, Dallas Billington on the big show today. He is a pastor in Akron, Ohio. He's been in the he's been in the pastorate for 39 years. He's going to give you pastoring 101 lessons. You're going to want to stick around. If you've got anything to do with ministry or anything to do with any kind of community where you're building and moving people, this guy you're going to want to listen to. I'm JRMan.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. I'm a spiritual director and mentor. If you need me, I'm right here. But here's Dallas. up how you doing actually i'm doing uh really great other than my old beat up knees i got you know i got the perfect life man dude i really do everything dude we're rolling baby so you're hot you're hot and coming in all right so you tell me are we are we ready to go yeah dude we're rolling i i you know oh okay i don't i don't mess around how, how are you dealing with the cold because i know you can't take this crap Oh, you know what? Last year, somebody got me a uh, heated vest, and everywhere I go, I, I everybody asks me, you know, I said, well, you can check, you know, like Amazon or whatever, but it's the coolest thing. I mean, I don't have to wear other than a sweatshirt underneath it. It has three settings on it, and uh, <laughs> things something. My car, and I got, you know, heated seats in the car. I got those little hot hands. I put all in my pockets. You know me. I freeze all the time, but... Anyways, it just, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I love what I do so much. It's, uh, it doesn't bother me like I used to because, uh, you know, between, you know, you and I've talked, you know, between life going by so fast. And uh, actually, I got a funeral this week. Uh, beginning next week, I went to high school with my age, you know. So it just, you know, it just puts everything in perspective. So, uh, as much as I hate the weather, <laughs> and I do, uh, <laughs> oh man, it's just, you know, I, you know, I texted you last night, that screenshot was four below, but it's, oh man, it was bad. But, and, uh, tell, uh, yeah, really be- Go ahead. Be- before we get nutty, tell everybody who you are, what you do, where you, where you live. Okay. Um, uh, my name's Dallas Billington. I've been a pastor for 39 years and I pastor a non-denominational church called City Church, and if you want to look it up, it's just City Church AC. We actually have a uh, a really nice app. Uh, you'll see City with a red cross on uh, iTunes or any other application. So it's just City Church AC. It's got all, all my messages on there and tells about the church. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing this. I can't believe it, JR. I've been <clears throat> pastoring 39 years. 39 so. years. 39, can you believe I mean, Dude. I mean I was, <laughs> I'll be 62 next month, and um, man, is it gone by fast. Yeah. So, uh, what a, anyways, getting ready, getting when, ready to have fifth grandchild, and that's it. Dude, five grandchildren, five, yeah, I man. I, Are you I, kidding I can't me? believe it. Like, what happened? I mean, just a few years ago, I had to, you know, we just started this thing and with novella, and and then Alexis, of course, Stefan's out in California, but it was so, you know, I just kind of walked out of the hospital. I thought, wow, I'm 
grandfather, and all of a sudden, a few years later, he's going to be five. It's like, like, I don't know what happened to me. It's just bizarre. Can you, do you know, like, how do you slow it down? Because I'm sure you have some kind of way of slowing it down, right? Right. I mean, how how do you slow it down, or don't you? Well, you know, yeah. One of you know one of my favorite verses, and uh, let me see if I can pull it up for you real quick. Anyways, it's in the Message Bible, and, and you you know you and I have talked before. It's in Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty, and, and most people know that in the King James, the New King James, about coming to me, I'll either heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And anytime I I start going way out, and I even say this to the church, I know it because I say it a lot. In the Message Bible, Jesus says, "You come to me," and basically, I'll just par- par- paraphrase it, and I will teach you my rhythm of grace. Mm. And, and I love that in the Message Bible. So anytime I get, I, I get going too much. I really believe the devil. He can't come in our soul, but he can come in our in our mind. And our mind so affects everything that we do. And so anytime I'm feeling that weight in my mind, in ministry or temptation or anything's coming at me, I pull back. I know. I'm the child of God. Jesus loves me. I'm not perfect. By his grace, I'm living. And anything that I'm going to battle or anything that's going, I'm going to be blessed by, Jesus lives outside of time. So I'm in, you and I, we're, everybody, we're in this bubble of time. And it, everything happens so fast today that if we don't live outside that time, as Jesus says, come sit beside me in heavenly places. And then we can get this perspective outside of time. So that's what helps me. I stop. My life isn't controlled by Jesus. I live by his grace and he is going to make my day. He's going to bring it together and it's not dependent on me. And that's what I do when I get too fast or too bogged down. I pull back. I think about that verse in the Message Bible, and Jesus says, just, I will teach you my rhythm of grace if, if I'm willing to let him do it. And, and that's, that's the key for all of us. Are we willing to let him take control? Because human nature is, I can fix this. I can do this. And uh, even though I'm a believer, even, even though we're pastors, you know, uh, we just get in that fast-paced cycle with technology, with our going places, doing things, and uh, we just have to take a deep breath and know, all right, Jesus is in control here. He's going to bring it all together, and it's not dependent on me, and, that, and that's what I have to do. I always go back, you and I have talked, I always go back to the Bible, whether it's a verse or two, and that brings it all together. So that's really what I did. What, say something about Say something about that grace, too, that essence of grace, that ability to know... Because, you know, I totally get it. Like, when, when I slow down, and, and again, it's a real conscious effort for me through spiritual practice, stillness, meditation, centering prayer. Sure. And really, con, you know, contemplatively looking inside. Say something more about the grace and how you kind of take in that energy. Well, you know, Romans, I'll actually uh, 
recorded to you. In Romans, you know, we send this out on all everything that we do in the church. We send this out. It's one of our key verses for the church. And it's Romans 5.17. This is the grace that we stand upon. Everything builds from this. And it's for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And that's, again, Romans five seventeen. We live by that verse in our church. It's our, our theme verse. And so that grace, first of all, is, is of course, we. there's nothing we can do to get to heaven. It's only by God's grace. He saves us through the perfect blood of his son, Jesus Christ, and the cross of Calvary. So we always start with that. It's it's something that that unmerited favor, that, that grace that we'll never be able to understand. And so my life is not, let me sum up this way, my life is not dependent on me and my works. It's dependent on understanding God's grace in my life, that what he's given me. And from that grace, as believers, we have his favor, not because of us, not because of what we do, how we preach, or how much we're reading the Bible or praying. No, it's because of his son, Jesus Christ. And it's because who Jesus is, God gives us his favor based on that grace. So if we're always aware of, of who Jesus is in our life, we understand the grace more. And yeah. it's not dependent on us. And from that, from that... Because we do, God's going to bless us because he blesses us, not because of us, but because of his son. And, and he looks at us through, through the blood of Jesus. So I always go back to that. And that grace is just so, you know, there's a verse in the Bible, which I, could, I, I believe it's in Romans. It says, in the ages to come, in other words, through all eternity, every day in heaven, we will understand more about his grace. Yeah. That's how much that abundance is. And so, you know, uh, whether we mess up or whether we, we think that our ministries are dependent on us, we have to go back and say, hey, you know, it's all about God's grace. And he is so amazingly loves us that he pours this grace out on us and he's willing to help us in anything. If, if we really believe it's dependent through his son, Jesus, that's what God does. And so that's where I, I base everything. I always go back to Jesus. And so I base everything on that. Yeah. Talk. Okay. So 39 years sitting in the pulpit, I know you do a lot of work with young pastors, guys that are coming up, but whether they're in the sure. church as laymen or whether they're vocational pastors, it's 2019. You and I talk about this all the time about pastors yeah. getting swallowed up. What t- talk oh. to me about the condition of the church present day and the condition of the pastorate. What are you seeing? What's your advice to the young guys or, or even a new church that's planting right now? Sure. I, I appreciate you asking me that. I have an advantage just in this one way. I, I never I never thought I was going to be a pastor. I was did some stuff. You know, I just never did. But I had the privilege of growing up, because I am in a pastor now, of seeing things uniquely because I grew, grew up as a PK. As My dad was a my dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor, mm. but I just never wanted to be a pastor. Well, I saw, you know, what my dad, how he did things, how he experienced things, how he, you know, how good he was to my mom, my brother and I, and I just had this great family life. And at the same time, I saw how my dad handled things. Also with that 
looking to 2019, I also saw what my dad experienced and what he went through. Well, that being said in 2019, let's go back 25 years or even 20 years. What I saw my dad go through in a year, what that's what pastors face now because I grew up there. I watched him. I watched what he had to deal with. What he went through in a year, right now, 2018's over, you know, two, we're in 2019. What he experienced in a year with, with difficulty dealing with people's lives, we as pastors experience in a month. Right. It is so complex. That's what that's what we're fit. That's why you're seeing the burnout of so many pastors is because the influx of you know the kids are, are in so much trouble today, and grandparents are raising their grandkids, or everything's out of control in society. And, and what do we preach? How do we preach? Who's, there's so many things hitting you at once. Uh, I mean, it's so sad. Just in the last year, we've seen two or three. I think. There's probably, I hope, not more, but mega pastors have committed suicide. Yeah, and you know, and then on top of that, how many of you have seen? Oh, it's horrible that have, that has fallen to immorality. I mean, it's terrible. Why? You have to ask yourself, oh, and it's a shame. But why is that happening? Why aren't all these, you know, uh, big church organizations, as far as when they have these seminars or these meetings for different? People and thousands of pastors come to. Why isn't that addressed more? I hope in 2019 it will turn to where it's not about the new books that are, that somebody writes uh, that's going to speak at these conferences or anything. I believe the whole conference, if it's for two days, or whatever, it has to all be on the health of a pastor and his family. Yeah, because of the complexity of what we do. So, so 2019 is the first thing. We deal with more than any other time, I believe, in history, as far except the persecution of the of the early church. We deal more with complexity hitting us like bam, bam, bam every week. You know, you come, you leave church on Sunday, and you've got hit with so much because so many people are hurting. And so that's the first thing we deal with. And because of the second thing that is happening in 2019, we don't get a handle on how to deal with with pastors. There's going to be fewer and fewer pastors and fewer and fewer going into the ministry. So I I see what we're facing. Uh, I, Jared, the other side is too, when I preach, I can also feel a pushback when I hit certain issues that maybe wouldn't have even had a pushback 20 years ago. Right. I feel a, a pushback with that now. So there's a there's such a balance, like, how do I preach? What do I do? How do I address this? You know, so you're getting that. You're also getting, it's so difficult for people to make it financially. So a pastor has to be a CFO and the same as a CEO and the same as a pastor. Yeah. And then a counselor all the time. I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming for, for what pastors are dealing with. And so the answer to that, okay, how are we going to pastor in 2019? I always tell guys, I, the, the, the more time you spend with the Lord, the longer you'll make, the longer you'll make it in, in, in ministry. So you have to have that, that time alone, or you have to, you have to work out or, or you have to go do something or some guys in families like the fish or do, there has to be a good outlet. And if you don't have that, pastors are not going to make it because things are changing so rapidly 
with people and the complexity of what they face that we have to be so strong. Yeah. How are we going to do, how are we going to do that? Well, we've got to have that time that we're, I guess, working out spiritually, if I could say in that way. And also if you, if you like to work out or run or whatever, somebody, somebody likes to work on old cars, I don't know whatever it is, but my dad was an incredible, not only was he a pastor, I believe one of the reasons of, of, of being a pastor that he was for 50 years his outlet was he was an incredible pilot. He was always at, at the hangar with it, working on planes and buddies of his that had planes. And um, through a foundation, uh, the church couldn't afford, afford a plane, but the foundation had a plane. And my dad was able to use that. And he, and he flew himself. He could fly anything from a Learjet to a helicopter. So his outlet, he had a great outlet. I, I believe just as much as we need to be in the Word Pastors to be strong, do they have to have that outlet? They don't need to tell everybody in the church what they're doing. But in order to, to maintain that longevity in 2019 and beyond, we have to be strong. So the question is, how are you going to be strong? You got to spend time with the Lord. You got to make sure your family's healthy. And, and in order to do that, you have to have a great outlet. Or you're going to choose a bad outlet, like all these guys are falling. So to answer that, it's so different what it was years ago. We've, we've got to really be strong by doing those two things I talked about. And uh, knowing that everything's changing so fast that the only way we do to start where we started a little bit ago, we have to step out of time of the Lord. The Lord controls the church. The Lord controls what's going on. It's not. It's We have to know it. It's, we don't have to do it. It's, yeah, we hold the church. We hold the church lightly. So, yeah, uh, it's just so part, unbelievable what we're facing. Part of my, you know, obviously part of my spiritual direction practice is to help educate the American evangelical church, um, particularly about spiritual direction and how it is sure. so needed to equip people in the American church that can just simply come alongside people and listen and pour into them, you know, any kind of uh, love, compassion, forgiveness that one is needed, because the baseline of who we are is the need for love, and then also the need to give is is big in there. So yeah, so I I totally hear that. I think in 2019, I'm finally seeing, um, or at least I feel like I'm seeing, because I see so many pastors, and every single pastor that comes in, and I'm talking every pastor I talk to, there is, we're bound to cross the conversation where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to stay doing this, or I don't know if I can yeah, stay yeah, doing yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. So I, one of the things that I tell pastors, and particularly new pastors, and I just got done teaching a, a bunch of them a couple weeks ago, yeah. or a couple months ago, was, hey, you, if you think you're leader guy and you're the one that everybody's going to rely on, you're screwed. Like, you have got to yeah. be able to hand stuff down to people and know that we're going to train other people in and around our communities to go all in on people. And I and I feel like that conversation is slowly getting moving. How do you—you've got a big church. How do you deal with dropping that down into people's laps without having to touch every single person that comes see you on Sunday? Well, let me go back to for just a minute when we're talking about the younger guys. I always keep everything really basic, JR. I always like— it's the two things I just want to drive that home. Your quiet time with Jesus and a good outlet. I don't complicate it. If you and I teach young guys that over and over, you might not feel like you're doing anything. But 
you stay with those two things and you will make it in ministry. Nothing else, nothing, just those two things. You stay faithful to Jesus and, and you have a good outlet. So I, I just want to reiterate that. Uh, as, as far as, you know, the, the future was, you, you, are you still talking about younger guys or what do you, what do you, what yeah, do you I'm just, I'm there? just saying, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're 39 years, you know, you're 39 yeah. years. How are you handing right. the leadership down? So again, because I mean, the Sunday that oh, I okay, saw I you, you. you know, yeah, the Sunday yeah, that I saw yeah. you, you're running, you're running two, 300 people. I mean, there's no way in hell in a yeah. week you're going to get to everybody. So yeah. how are you passing that down? Well, here, here's what's happened. Thankfully, the church has grown in just another background since I, I pastored a mega church years ago with thousands of people. And we just started this church a few years ago. And now, like you said, it's up to a few hundred people and, it, and it's really growing. Um, we're able to, you know, and we just started with nothing. I didn't have an outside, you know, like <laughs> we started basically in a bar. I, I, you know, a few years ago, I didn't have. You know, any you were there. You know, you were there years ago. When we tried to do that at Musica, yeah. And, and then uh, the Lord, you talk about timing. The Lord, did, we all didn't realize you and Rob, myself, and a few others, and in, in my family that we were doing it. The Lord still is going to do something. We just six years down, past that down a row. Yeah, it's just amazing to me how that started, and so it's gone from that to you know three hundred and some people now, and it's just exploded. Uh, I, I have been so humbled where the Lord has, I, I'm a very trusting person, let me just say that, and I don't micromanage. So I don't hire somebody unless if I completely trust them and know that I don't watch over them, I don't, I'm not this, this power guy, this thing. I just say, hey, here's what we got to do together, here's what I need to do, and that's it. So I, I'm willing to just totally hand it off and let them do what they need to do, whether it's the, our music pastor, which is a great guy or associate that's my right hand man has been with me for years. Even when I was pastoring mega church, he's with me now. So I've been very, very fortunate to have guys with me. that are pastors that I really, really can trust. And I, you know, I, I saw my grandfather pastor church of 10,000 people get this with four pastors <laughs> and it's incredible. I don't, yeah, you know, that, and we think we've got to have incredible. a pastor, isn't it? We think we've got to have a pastor for every other, every little thing. No, right. it, all we need is guys that we trust to let them do what they're going to do. Yeah. And, and so that's what you're. I think earlier we're getting at training people in the church, but I just have a great deal of, I'm going to pray about whoever we hire. And I really believe that the Lord's using this person. So I, I don't have a problem and I don't have an ego with this. I just delegate. Is it going to get done exactly the way I would like it? No, but is it going to get done and get done in a great way? Because this person's gifted in a, in a better way than me in some areas. Yeah, it's going to get done. So I just stay focused on preparing to preach, and and I do a lot of funerals, and uh, you know, in in uh, in my study time. So I mean, I try and keep it at that. And uh, so I just to answer that question, I just really am a trusting person. I give it over to people, and uh, we just have a great staff, and and there's a great deal of unity there so but i again i feel like a lot of churches getting problems because they feel like they got to hire and hire and hire and it gets so big that they can't oversee what certain people are doing and i and i think that's a problem if you keep a core group of people and some mega pastors may be listening to this 
and as our church is growing so fast now, and I'm so grateful, Eric, I know it can be done. They don't think it can, but I saw my grandfather do it with 10,000 people. So well, yeah, I know it can and here's what's crazy about you generationally, because, you know, when we talk about your grandparents' generation, they were prob- people that would go listen to your grandfather were probably less apt to run up to the front after the service like they are today because because oh, social absolutely. media social media has allowed us in some way to peel back exposure yeah. levels that maybe <laughs> we need to dial back a little bit. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and, you know, the other thing, Jared, that made me think about something, too, uh, because I get so many funerals and calls. Here's the other side of this. We have, if we have a few hundred people there every Sunday, we have just as many people watching the app or on YouTube. Right. So I'm getting all those calls or bombardments of all the complexity those people are dealing with. Yeah. So it's just unbelievable what's going on. So I, I just feel like, you just have to trust people that you hire and, and really pray over before you hire them and know that it doesn't take, uh, it doesn't take a big staff to, to reach a lot of people. Uh, and you can train, like you said, you can train other people within the church, which we have great volunteers that do a lot. And I, and I think the church is going back to that. It got away from that for years. We've got to hire somebody for everything that's done. And I think that that's changing just like, all these big buildings here, Bimba, and I'm I'm one for build the churches. I mean, people wise, as big as you want to build it, I don't have a problem with anything of that. Yeah. But as far as the big buildings, it's not happening anymore. People don't have the money to give in the cost of a big building. Uh, they say for every thousand people, it's ten million now. So if you have a church running two thousand, it costs you twenty million when when you build that building. Well, At and, today, and I, I it's also, just impossible. People. I, I also think one of the things that you taught me early on, because we've known each other for a while now, and you've you yeah. and you've been you've been in my life not only as friend but as mentor. But one of the things I think you taught me early on was part of the engagement in the community is to use the community's buildings, <laughs> you know, for whatever, oh, you know, for whatever you're doing. Yeah. And I like, I see you doing that in Akron right now. I mean, your building is, a first off, it's amazing. And like, you know, I was so honored and humbled to come to your church and watch you do your thing. But I think that's a, a great lesson to teach planters is, hey, yo, there's already places. You, you just got to go shake a oh. few hands. Absolutely. It's all over. So whether you, people, they got to, you got to buy a building, you got to build a building. No, that's not the case. You can lease something anywhere. People, if you are feeding people and you are loving people to the power of the Holy Spirit and people feel that, Jesus will build it. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He doesn't say I'll build this building that, no, I will build my church people. So if we if we love on people and we preach them the truth in love, it it has to grow. It's not the facility. It's not the facility. It's how we love people, and so that's why I have so many funerals. And, and you know, in thirty nine years, I've done like I don't know. I've told you for seven hundred funerals or something. Now, why is that? Is because any of the the area that I live in, all the area funerals don't know that I will do a funeral for anybody, anywhere, at any time. In other words, they don't have to be coming to our church. They don't have to be somebody that I know or not know. And so that takes you so far into the community. You reach so every 
probably the average funeral always has 100 to 150 people uh, that would never come to your church. So you're talking about going to your community. That's a great way for, I would tell any pastor who's going to go start a church, go to every one of the funeral homes in that area, give them your resume, give them your card and say, hey, listen, I'm in the area. I'll do a funeral for anybody anytime, anywhere. Yeah. And yeah, that's and what a great. Yeah, yeah, that's such a big deal. I mean, I think we miss the you know, Jesus gives us all these great examples of just sure. simply being in the community and allowing his openness for everyone to prevail in the moment. And I think an American pastor today would do well, just like Paul. I mean, Paul's really, forget Jesus, Paul's really the guy that did it really well. I mean, everywhere he went, he went straight for the marketplace and, you know, hung a shingle out and then from there loved on people. So I think what you do. And again, 39 years, I think the most amazing thing for me to watch you is not only how humble you are, but how faith. And I've said this to you before, and I've said this in my house. If only I was as faithful as Dallas, I'd be a millionaire. But I mean, <laughs> you, you are, you are one of the most faithful person, uh, people that I, that I know, which is why I'm so grateful to have you in my life. But holy crap, your humility too, man. It's just, it's out, it's outrageous. Sometimes I want to throw something at you. <laughs> Well, here's the, here's the, let me tell you, let me, I appreciate that. Let me tell you something. I believe, you know, talk about 2019. Jared, here's what I feel as frustrating pastors say that are trying to get younger guys to be, to work in the ministry. They want to stay in one place. They, and what I mean by that, they want to stay at their house or in their, in their, uh, church building, sit behind a computer and do whatever, even an email. You can't put your arm around somebody and pray with them by just shooting an email out yeah, man. or a text or a text message. You got to go to the hospital. You you know, I, again, I have three things to, I, you know, I prepare for what I preach. I, if I preach 20, 25 minutes, I, I study 20 to 25 hours. Uh, and then I, I have funerals and I go to the hospitals. Those are my three priorities. Well, you get a young guy today. He doesn't want to do a lot of that, <laughs> you know, in, and, and it's like it tries, guys, I know they're older parents are trying to get somebody to replace them. You know, it's like this is what you've got to love them. Like you said, the Apostle Paul or Jesus, they loved on people right where they were. They had to be there. You, you've got to be there for them. I've run into people, let's say 30 years ago, I did a funeral from. I don't remember doing a funeral for, and I don't remember going to the hospital. Some, and they'll stop me at the grocery store somewhere and say, Doss, I, I'll never forget you know, called, you know, at midnight, you came down to the hospital, you pray to the family. I don't remember, but they do. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's where, that's where, that's where you build a rapport and loving on people. So it, it, all I can say is, Jerry, it's not, there's so many books written today on how to pastor, how to build a church, how to do this. It's just loving on people and, and preparing your message to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just that basic. Yeah. Yeah. And in 2019, can be the same as it was in the New Testament. Let the Holy Spirit, let Jesus do his job, be a vessel. We're not perfect, but be a vessel where Jesus can speak through. And people feel that. They pick that up, and, and they want more. So, I mean, yeah. it's just that basic. Yeah. 
All right, we're at 30 minutes, and I only do 30 minutes on the big show. Part of this process for me is I've been fasting social media for the last 40 days and calling people every day and doing a podcast. And, and part of this is for me to tell you not only how much I love you, but like I said before, you have formatively uh, been a mentor to me, an unbelievable friend to me. Uh, you and I get together, and we laugh so damn hard I about oh, my pants. Oh, you make me laugh. I don't make you, you make me laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't make <laughs> But I thank you so much for our friendship and your direction over uh, our our time. And, uh, dude, I always look forward to seeing you. Um, and I, I love you, dude. I love you so much. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you, JR. I'm excited to see how the Lord is so blessed in your ministry and your family. And, uh, you know, you've been through a lot with what, you know, uh, you and I and, and just been so faithful raising your kids. And, and that's been a real uh, uh, witness to me, you know, watching that and, and just knowing that you've been, again, it all goes back to just being faithful. We talked about and uh, the Lord will still build his church. And so we just need to, we need to be strong, whether it's you and me, we need that accountability we all need that as brothers in christ or sisters in christ we need that accountability and uh man we're, we're this strong christian army uh, we underestimate the power uh, through the holy spirit so uh anyways i love you too man and it's uh I'm looking forward to get back out to California soon and uh, spending some time. You always make me laugh. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for your time, Dallas. All right, the great Dallas Billington. If you are in the Akron, Ohio area, or the Cleveland, Ohio area, I highly recommend City Church. Um, you will not uh, regret going and listening to Dallas and uh, checking out the people and what he's up to. Uh, formatively, he was and is to this day um, just a very gentle and kind and loving person that has always been able to uh, sit and listen with me. And, and uh, gosh, I've so appreciated that. Okay, I'm JRJRMan.com. I am a spiritual director and mentor. You can find everything you need on the JRMan.com webpage, numbers and emails, and a few other things. I have a downloadable uh, What Do You Do With Pain? A little PDF that I put together, absolutely free. You go to JRMan.com, you find a little button, and you download it. You can read it. And uh, it's just some good, valuable wisdom for those of you who are stuck in some cycles of pain that want to kind of rinse that stuff out and kind of move on. Um, A lot of times we don't move past pain, but we learn to manage pain or deal with pain or at least sit with it and understand what the sorrow is and what it's not. Um, what the fears are and what they're not. So, uh, jeremy.com, you can hit that download. You can get my free, you can, you can also get my book, which is called Year at 365 uh, Contemplations. Design one thing for one thing, and that's to get you closer to the divine, uh, help settle and calm you and move you into a space of silence or, or meditation or, or just slow down, man. I, I, you know, like Dallas said, like we're 150 miles an hour and you don't have to to be. So get my new book too. Um, today is day, I don't even know what it is, 30 something. Uh, and tomorrow we'll be back with another one until we finish this 40 days uh, of social media fasting out on February 9th. I love you. Thanks for being a part of my passion. <laughs>